Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. I'm preaching to you this morning on the power, keys to the power of the sacrifice of praise. This is a last in the eight-part series. I got a list here somewhere about the eight sermons I've been preaching since Dedication Day on the keys. I've called the series, I Have the Keys. That was the first sermon. The second keys, you have the keys, use them. That was the second sermon. I talked to you about keys for your healing. You ought to get that sermon. I talked to you about keys for a blessed marriage. I know, okay, yeah, that that sermon. I talked to you about keys to overcome temptation. I talked to you, oh, about keys to the anointing. And today I'm finishing up this series on keys to the power of the sacrifice of praise. In your Bible, chapter number 13 of Hebrews and verse number 15. And while you find that, and it's on the screen, let me tell you, last Wednesday night, We baptized 33 people in our former sanctuary building and it was packed with people. Give the Lord praise. All right, let me tell you something else. Don't just come to Sunday morning. Pastor Jeff preaches on Wednesday night. Sometimes Pastor Darrell. But Pastor Jeff preached the best sermon I heard on water baptism ever heard. I asked him for the notes. He hasn't sent them to me yet because that's how he is. He's afraid I'm going to preach his stuff. And I'm only kidding. Listen, Pastor Jeff is passionate. He's anointed. He's no nonsense. He loves the Lord, but he enjoys the Lord. And you need to be here on Wednesday night while your kids are in their group, while the youth are having their powerful service with the Powells, which is Pastor Pastor Trey and his wife Monty in Liquid Ministry. The boys who are under 12 have a, a, a group called Royal Rangers, and the girls under 12 have a group called Impact. And then we have choir rehearsal, we have Bible study and prayer and worship in this sanctuary. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed. So I just, I just wanted you to know that God's faithful. Everybody on the count of three, it's the only scripture I'm going to, one verse I'm going to choose for the starting. There'll be others. But this, everybody on the count of three, read this out loud with me, found in Hebrews 13, verse 15. One, two, three. Therefore by him... Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. One more time, one, three. One, two, three, louder. Therefore, by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. For 20 seconds, point your hands in my direction. Ask God to help the preacher. Because I really am not any good, not even worth listening to if the Lord doesn't anoint me. And then if he anoints me, I can help you, but he will help you through me. Father, come on, pray for me. God, I'm not here to be a showman. I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm not here, oh God, Jesus, just to entertain the people or to do my Sunday morning responsibility. I'm here to be a vessel. Come on, pray for me. I rebuke any distractions. I rebuke any other things that would steal from us praising you and learning from the word of God. Anoint the hearer, anoint the speaker, Lord. And let us not, I know this may be a cliche, God, but let us not leave here like we came. Let us leave here better, more full, more happy, more faithful, and and more sold out to Christ than ever before, delivered in Jesus' name. Amen? And you may be seated. 
It is during communion that Pastor Jeff earlier talked to us about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And he alluded to this business of the sacrifice of animals in the Old Covenant. And if we were still under the Old Covenant and Jesus hadn't come and replaced the Old Covenant with the New Covenant of His blood, we would have to come to church and bring with us an animal that's fitting for sacrifice to cover our sins from the past week. Because everybody sometimes during the week are tempted to sin and on many things we yield and we've got to make sure we're clean. Can I get an amen? And back in the old covenant... The worshipers had to bring some kind of animal to offer to God as a sacrifice for their sins. The animal was laid on the altar of sacrifice, which was outside of the holy and most holy place in the tabernacle or outside of the temple in the courtyard. The sacrifice was brought to the priest and usually would be a lamb or if it would be a turtle dove or a pigeon. And the priest would kill the animal, drain its blood and burn it on the altar and it would be a substitute for the punishment that is due the sinner. Now if we were still in that dispensation of worship, the old covenant, we couldn't have such lovely facilities as we have now. What would happen is that there would have to be a place, if we brought an animal for our sacrifice on this day for our offering, there'd have to be a place for the animals to await your sacrifice, be held, corralled. There'll have to be grain to feed the animals if they were held during the week. There would have to be a process for the sacrifice to be done. There'd have to be something made provisions for the smell of animals. Go ahead and give me a witness. There would have to be other accommodations for other unpleasant trees that animals tend to drop as they move along. There would have to be provisions, if we're still on the old covenant, for the blood to be drained and other matters pertaining to sanitation. And that would be very costly. But none of that is necessary now because as Pastor Jeff said, Jesus Christ became the Lamb of God. He voluntarily allowed Himself to be crucified on the altar, Calvary's 2,000 years ago. And all, all of our sins were transferred on Him. All those in the Old Testament, their trans- sins were transferred. All those who would live after, who would believe on Christ. Jesus, the songwriter says at Calvary, paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it white as snow. Jesus took the judgment we deserve. We deserve to die for our sins. But Jesus died for our sins. Can I get an amen? Amen. And as a result of it, we don't have to bring sacrifices today. But I need to tell you this. There's no more requirement for bulls, lambs, sheep, pigeon, or turtle dove. But there is one sacrifice, according to Hebrews 13 and 15, that we all must continue to offer if we're going to live an overcoming life. And it's called a sacrifice of praise. Put it on the screen for me, the next slide. I want to give you, this is the central core of everything I want to say, and I want you to get it. Write it down and take it home with you. 
The purpose of praise is to get God into your environment. You've already been doing that. The power of praise is the presence of God at work in your life. The fastest way, hear me everybody, to get God in the middle of the mess the devil puts us in is not to grumble and gripe and complain and blame and fuss and cuss and do other flesh things that hurt your testimony because that will drive away the presence of God and bring the presence of doom and despair and demons. So we praise God, not because God's got this big super ego and He's got to be pumped up before we get blessed. Can somebody say amen? We praise God because it's a weapon the devil doesn't want you to know how powerful it is and he doesn't want you to use it. Please, write this down and remember it. A praising saint is the devil's worst nightmare. Oh, I feel a whoop, glory coming on. Remember it. A praising saint is the devil's worst nightmare. I'm telling you, it's time that we reverse this business of the devil giving us nightmares in broad daylight and at night and we start giving him some nightmares. It's time we reverse this business of we running from the devil and start chasing him back into the enemy's camp and we go into the enemy's camp and take back what was stolen from us by praising God. Come on, help me out here somebody. Do it whether you feel like it or not. That's sacrifice. I I, want to tell you something. Mm -mm. The, The devil doesn't want you to have the keys to power with God. And it's amazing. It's amazing what praising God will do. Some years ago, I read of a true account of David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson was one of the last day true prophets in America in this generation up until last year when he died. I mean, David Wilkerson had been prophesying in the early 60s and the prophecies have come to pass and come to pass. The Bible says you will know a true prophet is among you when what they prophesy has come to pass. Look at me and listen to me now. I don't mean to be critical with anybody, okay? I'm not trying to pick a fight, but that's kind of how I preach. I'm a... Yeah. There are people who have named themselves apostles and bishops and all this kind of title, but they don't have the power to go with it. They don't have the anointing. Their life is worse mess than the people they're ministering to. There are people I know that call themselves Christian counselors and they need counseling real bad. Oh, yeah. A little man, but a big message. You know? what, what, What I'm saying to you is, David Wilkerson was a last day prophet. But in 1960s, in I think it was 68 or so, God called him from rural Texas to go and work among the street gangs in New York City. Teenage gangs. And if any of you know about that era in time, teenage gangs were very violent. And they would protect their turf. And like gangs do today, they had certain initiations they wanted people to do, including murder and etc. And God took a, pardon the expression, I mean no disrespect, a rural Texan country hick preacher by the name of David Wilkerson and sent him in the heart of New York City in Times Square to begin a ministry to those gang members that's become known as Teen Challenge. And it's around the world now, Teen Challenge, and even for adults who help kids and young people and adults get over drugs and alcohol and addictions. Can you thank God for a man like that? Amen. 
Now, this is the account that I read about him on what praise can do. It is said that in the early part of his work among the gangs in New York City, he encountered a group of boys on the street corner. As he approached these boys, there were signs that they were preparing to attack him. Looking to the Lord for guidance, he continued his advance to his destination, hoping that they would ignore him. But at the instant they seemed poised to strike, David Wilkerson suddenly clapped his hands and shouted out loud, Praise the Lord! And according to the account, the entire gang broke ranks and fled. The only plausible explanation for their action is that these boys were activated by evil spirits who panicked at the shout of praising God. It's amazing what praising God can do. It's a sacrifice. You don't feel like doing it sometimes. The last thing you feel like doing when you get a bill in the mail that you didn't know was, was due is praising God. The last thing you want to do is praise God when you get a call and the other person on the other line is from the sheriff and it has to do with your child or your daughter or somebody else. The last thing you want to do is praise God when you got this much bills and that much money. That's why it's called a sacrifice, you see. Because we do a lot of things in sacrifice. If I were to ask you to raise your hand and show me how many of you want to go to work tomorrow, if you were honest, you'd keep your hands down. But it's a sacrifice because you like having a paycheck. Can I get an amen? If I were to ask the students, the high school, the middle school, the college students, how many of you want to go to school tomorrow? <laughs> Not a hand to go up. But it's a sacrifice if you want to get a good education. Can I get an amen? Some of you get up at 5 o'clock and you're at the gym at 5.30 every day because you want to keep your body well and strong. I admire you. God bless you. And, and you do it. You don't feel like doing it. I mean, it, some of you like to walk in the neighborhood and get exercise. But you make the sacrifice because you want a healthy body. Can I get an amen? That's what you do when you come to church and you worship God and you lift your hands and you clap your hands and you sing along with the people and when you sacrifice, when you start doing that and you really mean it, it won't be long where you'll change from not feeling like it until the Holy Ghost comes down in you and He puts a well bubbling up in you. Next thing you know, your hands are going up, your feet want to jump because God will always join in with those who praise Him anyhow. Come on and give the Lord a praise it's amazing what praising can do uh, some years ago in a place called Holton Ripley County Indiana an evangelist had come to a local church for a series of evangelistic services known as revival he wanted to be alone one day prior to the service in the evening and he went into a nearby field open field for prayer and meditation what he did not know was that there was a dangerous bull in the area and he didn't know it until the bull began its attack on the evangelist or approaching attack. When he saw the bull charging, it was too late to reach for safety. He could not run the animal. He didn't know what to do. He thought he was coming to his literal physical life's end. But just before the enraged animal reached him, he felt the, the urge and he shouted out, Praise the Lord! The bull, uh, this ain't no bull, the bull halted in its tracks, stopped. The bull turned around and immediately fled as if he was being charged. What's the explanation? 
it's quite likely that Satan sent evil spirits to enter the animal and incite him to attack the man of God in order to keep the revival efforts from going forward. But the shout of praise from the man of God, instead of the cooing down and surrendering the shout of praise, confused the evil spirit and the beast turned around to go the other way. It is amazing what praising God can do. Well, let me tell you something. There, there, are, there are demonic spirits in the heavenlies. The Bible says, for we wrestle not in Ephesians against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. Darkness. They are fighting. The angels of God are fighting against the spirit of demons. And you don't know how much your praises chase them off. It's like Daniel who prayed for God to give an answer. And for 21 days... There was no answer. And an angel appeared to Daniel and said, the reason that you hadn't got an answer is because God released one of his angels to come and give you an answer the very day you prayed. But then the devil released one of his angels to come and fight God's angels. But Daniel, because you kept praying, you see, you can't see that wickedness. You can see it out there with your eyes, but I'm saying you can't see beyond your, the scope of the horizon of the earth's atmosphere, only as far as the eyes can see. But I'm telling you, when you praise God at 3 o'clock in the morning when everybody else is sleeping and you awake and you don't know what to do about your marriage, you don't know what to do about your job, you don't know what to do about your money, you don't know what to do about your health, if you'll just go ahead and say, God, I will give it all to you, I praise you, I worship you. It's amazing how many demons will turn around and leave and how many angels will come. I wish somebody will help me praise the Lord. Come on. Shout, praise the Lord. Four things I want you to see. Number one, here's the first key to the power to sacrifice the praise. Praise takes the focus off oneself. Write this down, remember it. Our problem is that we are consumed by our problem. Did y'all get that? The worship and praise of God demands that we shift the center of attention from ourselves to God. That's part of the sacrifice of praise. And it's really a sacrifice for some who's struggling, who are struggling. A person cannot praise God without totally moving the focus from him or herself to God. I know this from personal experience. Self wants to focus on our pain. Self wants to focus on our hardships. Self wants to focus on our injustices that we have been dealt. Self will focus on our limitations. If you focus on yourself and don't praise God, you'll only see what you can't do. Oh, I'm preaching to Lindian. Oh, help me, Jesus. You know... You know my story, and I'm very transparent. I was at the service of Mark this week. You know that in, on February the 3rd this year, I'll never forget February the 3rd, 2013, as long as I live. It has forever changed my life. It is on that day that I began this journey that started with panic attacks, anxiety, depression, and sometimes suicidal thoughts. I'm just as transparent as I can be. I'm talking about a Pentecostal, Holy Ghost-filled preacher. 
It is when the devil told me, I'll never finish this building. You'll never pay for it. You'll have to sell it over to Walmart. You'll never preach in this pulpit again. Some other building is going to have to come and bail you out. And the sad thing about it is, it consumed me. I'm I'm not telling you about somebody else's story. And when I focused on myself, are you hearing me? I focused on myself. I saw all my limitations. You're looking at a preacher. We, everybody here is going through stuff. You're saved, you're sanctified, you're full with the Holy Ghost, but you're going through stuff. For a year and a half, my wife has been going through this bleffer spasms where her eyelid spasms and closes on her involuntarily. Her sight is very good, but the spasms come and they make a blink repeatedly and they, they, they also cause the nerves around her eyes to be very sensitive. And so once every three months, she has shots for these spasms to lessen them and it's two weeks ago that she had 15 shots around her eyes and on her eyelids and four days after that she has a reaction for about five days where it's red and raw and irritable she had to give up being in the choir she had to give up playing the instrument for a season Uh, we're going through stuff and she's going to get better okay Let, 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 let me let me tell you stuff okay let me tell you this okay here's what god said to me I wanted to be healed from panic, anxiety, and depression like this. After all, I am the man of God. I've, I have been pastor here for over 28 years. I've never missed two Sundays in a row that I remembered. But I had to miss seven Sundays in a row. I could not go to church nowhere. I was so bound with depression. And, and, and the, the, I went to the doctor. And some of the stuff that they tried, and I thank God for doctors. I, God will use doctors. Can I get an amen? And he was helpful. And then I went to the, my chiropractor, who is Dr. Mark, uh, Matt Davis, who was here at our uh, festival the other day. And, and, and some of you knew that I needed to go to the chiropractor before February because you heard me preach and you knew I had some loose screws. And, and so he tightened them up, okay? Then I found out my doctor says, well, you know, I'm not an expert in this field and what I'm giving you is not working. You've got to go to a psychiatrist. And I'm thinking, not the Pentecostal preacher. I got to go to a psychiatrist? Only crazy people go there. Pardon the grammar. I heard something Tommy say, you is one. <laughs> I know it's you are one. God placed me in the care of a wonderful African-American female psychiatrist who may be in the service this morning, who started preaching to me every time. I thought, like, God, I'm paying her to preach to me. <laughs> then God told me I would have to take some medication. And that he would decrease it. As uh, I'm trying to tell you, we all go through stuff. I still, I had the prayer team, 20 people pray for me yesterday morning, the first Saturday of the month. Because this week I faced more stress than usual and I broke out and I'm going to be very transparent, okay? Is that alright with y'all? I, I'm telling you, I don't care whether you stand on this pulpit or sit in that chair, we all go through stuff. And this week, my body reacted to stress with hives and whelps. I showed Brother Sammy, who's the prayer director, a picture of that and, uh, and what it meant. And they prayed and anoint me. And it would come in the evening about six this week. It, it used to happen when I first got depression and, and anxiety every single day. And I, I, this is not in my notes, but the Holy Spirit told me to tell you why praising God is powerful. Okay? And they anointed me. And, and I knelt right here. And they got around me 20 people. And, and, and they prayed over me. 
And I went to bed last night. I had to have no medicine for the, for, for the, uh, for the whelps and the bumps. I, I slept. I got up this morning and there's, I have no sign of it on me. And if it comes back, I'm going to praise God like I did yesterday. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Sure, go ahead and praise him. Praising God is your best medicine, even if you have to take medicine. I'm looking at a man over here whose name is Ray, whose wife went to be with the Lord prematurely, and here he is praising God. I'm looking at a man, Charlie, and uh, his wife, Kathy, whose son went to be with the Lord. Here they are praising God. Somebody ought to help me say amen. I'm looking at people this morning whose children leave their home and go and live certain lifestyles their parents don't want, but here they are praising God. I'm looking at people this morning. Last Sunday, the, a young lady told me her husband is involved in an illicit relationship and she didn't know it until recently, but here she was giving it to God. I'm telling you, if anybody is for you, God is for you. Somebody help me praise him. Yes, praise Him! Joyce Myers wrote a book. I hadn't got it yet, but I'll get it. I got so many books I ain't read yet. I need to leave. She wrote a book. God is not mad at you. I want to tell you, God is not mad at you. And the way I'm preaching bold and loud, I'm not mad at you either. I just have like Roger Powell over here. I just have one gear. I go in. Raise your hand, Roger. He's a founding pastor of this church, and he's back with us. Retired, he thinks. I had a preacher call me up this week and ask me, is he still preaching? I said, man, that man, I'm like him. We got one gear, wide open, wide open, wide open. And I'm sorry if I'm not as dignified. No, I'm not sorry if I'm not dignified. I ain't here about you or somebody's title or somebody's name. I'm here because God's being good to me and I want to shout it from the mountaintop. Praise the Lord for he is good and his mercies endure forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on and praise the Lord. He never fails. God never fails. Put up this verse. Put up the next slide. Oh, Talabaya. Don't worry, y'all got to you. You know what? When you get to focus off of yourself, you do what Philippians 4.13 says. Look on the screen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you get the focus on God, listen to this. When you focus on yourself, you see your impossibilities. But when you focus on God, you see possibilities. When you focus on self, you see despair. But when you focus on God, you see deliverance. When you focus on self, you see stress. But when you focus on God, you see strength. I wish somebody say amen. And you can say, I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. Put the next one up there. John the Baptist said about Jesus. He must increase, but I must decrease. Come on, help me here. Just because you can't figure it out doesn't mean that God's retired. I feel something in my shoes beside my feet. Running up my leg. I'm going to have a whoop glory moment here. I told you we're going to have a good time whether you want to or not. You know, we focus on our... Alan, just stick with the notes, okay? Point number two. Write this down. Satan fears praise more than he does our prayers at times. You see, if our prayers does not include praise, we can end up more defeated than when we started. 
Some of our own prayers, mine included, have put me to sleep. And like God, come over here and say, excuse me, Alan, were you talking to me? Well, you know the best time to pray is early in the morning when you're fresh and, and you're energetic. My wife prayed with me. We pray every night in bed as we lay on the pillow together. And she said, you fell right off to sleep while I was praying. And she said, your head just went. And she said, I left you alone. I love my wife. One of these days, we're going to Jared's. Oh, when you open your mouth in public, you, get, you have to eat your words. Sometimes when we pray, we go, whoa, oh God, I didn't realize it was so bad. And we give him all this grocery list of the stuff we got to have and need. Is like Pastor Jeff said, we just hurry in and tell him this is our stuff and never stop to praise him. Never. The psalmist would often begin his psalms. Read the psalms. He often begins it with praising the Lord. And Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. And He goes on to say, Who forgiveth all my iniquities, who healeth all my diseases, who delivereth my life from destruction. Can I get an amen? Who renews my strength like the eagles. We should begin our prayers with praising God because the presence comes faster. Can I get an amen? Let, let, let me show you this. There's an account in Second Chronicles chapter 20 of when Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and the people of God were facing the attack from an allied confederacy of nations. Okay? And, and the attack was coming. And, and before you read it on the screen, let me tell you this. Okay? They were so outnumbered, King Jehoshaphat and the tribe of Judah. God had given them the land because he told them he would. They had now crossed the Jordan living in the promised land. But the Ammonites, Moabites, Edomites, and Termites came after them. Well, it might as well. They were already outnumbered. And these heathen nations conspired to wipe them out. Word came to King Jehoshaphat that their armies of the Ammonites, Edomites, and the other nations were so, the army was so large, they outnumbered the army of Judah perhaps by five to one. And the people began to despair. What are we going to do? We might as well go and surrender and maybe they won't kill us. They'll keep us as slaves. We, and all the time, Jehoshaphat's thinking, but we are the people of God. He gave us this land. He didn't bring us here to kill us. Can I get, can somebody say amen? God did not make you to be born to kill you. God didn't make, cause you to be born so you could lose your joy. Come on and say amen. God don't put dreams and visions in your heart and mind for your family, your children, your finances, your health so you could die with them. The devil is the one who tries to do that. I can't explain God, but I can tell you he's good all, all the time. So Jehoshaphat the king, he declared a fast. I'm looking at my watch and it doesn't mean a thing, so don't. He declared a fast, called a solemn assembly, and they got to praying. And God said, this is the plan I want you to use. I want you to use to beat and defeat the Ammonites, Edomites, and Moabites. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. Next verse. This is the plan. And when he had consulted with the people, 
He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and they were saying, everybody say it with me, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Two more times. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. One more time. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Look what praises did. Look what praises did. Next verse. It says here in verse 22. Now when they began to sing and to what? Praise the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were what? I didn't hear you. Defeated. Imagine this. I'm standing in the valley of Tekoa. This is a valley. And over on this side are the Edomites... Ammonites and Moabites, thousands of them. They got horses, they got weapons, they got sword, they got shield, they got helmets. And over on this side, this is the valley of Tekoa, just walk through. And over on this side are the people of God. They don't have horses, they don't have chariots, they don't have helmets. They're just the people who've been wandering for the last 40 years in the desert. And they don't even know how to fight. And God tells them, this is the plan. Just walk, march down in the valley, send a choir ahead of you. Send a band, send the musicians, and march down and shout, Praise the Lord for His hypocrisy, His mercy endures forever. Pray, that's all we do? Uh, let the cowards go home. But God said, that's what you do. And while they were doing that, the, the enemy started coming down the valley. And when they started coming down the valley, the Lord sent a spirit in the enemy, and they turned against each other and killed themselves. They killed themselves and one another until the battle was won. It took three days to gather up the spoils, and all they did was praise the Lord anyhow. I wish somebody give him a clap. Look at, look at number three. Number three. Praise creates a dwelling place for God. The fastest way to get in the presence of God is not by singing, Nobody knows the troubles I see. Nobody knows my sorrow. You know what I found out? They don't know and sometimes they don't even give a rip. <laughs> Pardon the Greek. I have called pity parties and only to have nobody attend but me. And I'm thinking, where are you? And I text you or email you and I found out you were having your own and nobody came either. The presence of God doesn't come around quickly when somebody's grumbling and fussing and cussing and swearing and, and one, out of one breath cursing God and the other breath. No, no, no. God is a holy God. Our temples are to be holy if he's going to dwell in us. Can I get a witness? But when the presence of God comes down, beautiful things happen. Let me show you. Let me show you. No, put the next slide up, please. Because I, I need to hurry through this. God's presence brings power. Can I get an amen? Didn't Joshua and the people of God march around Jericho and they praised God? Can I get any Bible people to say amen? Didn't the, the weapon God used, the walls were so high and they were so thick that a chariot could ride around the tops of the walls of the city. They were so high and so wide. Stone walls. And God told them to march uh, through Joshua 
He told who to march, how to march, take the instruments, take the priests, take the Ark of the Covenant. You march around the walls one time a day for six days. And on the seventh day, you march around the walls seven times. You blow the trumpet and you shout when Joshua tells you to shout. I'm telling you the presence of God brings power. And when Joshua gave the command after they march on the seventh day, the seventh time, and they praise God, the Bible says the walls came tumbling down and they fell into the ground and they walk right in and took what they deserved and what God told them they could have. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, some of you need some walls to come down. Walls of separation, walls of fear, walls of prejudice, walls of needs, walls of suffering. If you'll praise God, the walls will come down. Here's number two. God's presence protects us and gives us security. Oh, I love Psalm 91. It is one of my favorite. Anybody agree with, with me that you love Psalm 91? I can't find it. But it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the fowler and from the snare of the fowler. And no evil thing shall come near thy dwelling. I want to tell you that God is my security. Give the Lord praise. A thousand shall fall at thine hand and ten thousand at thy right hand but no evil shall come near thee. So the, woo, we, I can't be dignified no more. This is holy ground. I declare this to be holy ground. I declare this to be holy ground. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. I said this is holy ground this is holy ground if you need help stand up now come to the music if you need help stand up I don't have to have the music come on if you need help everybody everybody praising God everybody oh let the walls come down let the walls come down I want some of you to come to the altar and praise God I want some of you to leave where you are come on come on come on come on come on I want, I want, I don't care who you are. I want you to make the devil mad. Come on, come on, clap your hands, church. Come on, come on, come on. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. You're healed. You're healed. You're healed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on, keep coming, keep coming. Oh, Come on and praise God. Brian. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. You make the devil mad. You praise him anyhow. You sacrifice anyhow. You jump, you sing, you dance. Sing, sing, brother. I want to clap a little louder than before. Come on, praise him. Come on, sing with him. Yes. I a louder than before. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.